Hello and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Justin Baker. Not with me today, Mark Paul. Uh, still getting back from Iceland. Had, from what I hear, an amazing time. And for those who haven't seen on Twitter, he recently got engaged, so I imagine the trip was just phenomenal, uh, let alone all the pictures that I saw he took outside of the whole engagement. Uh, totally jealous, Mark, uh, if you're listening, which I'm sure you probably aren't. Um, yeah, amazing time it seems like you had. Uh, Got to get over there myself. Um, but with that said, I, I don't want to spend too much time talking about that. Uh, I'm sure Mark and I will talk plenty. Um Later on this week when we get together for a joint podcast, finally, again, reunited after a couple weeks off. Um, <clears throat> you know, I want to just talk about a couple things here for you. Uh, fantasy hockey, one. The Detroit Red Wings, another. Um, you know, I was trying to think of a couple couple different things to talk about during my uh, during my solo cast here. And really, more than anything else, I, I, I had to talk about the Red Wings. Um one, because they're my favorite team, and two, just because about how poorly they're doing. Um, you know, I, I specifically want to talk about where I see them going, um, if they're going to continue this poor run, what's going to happen in terms of coaching, um, a couple different other topics. So with that said, I don't want to waste too much time. Let's jump right into it. Uh, so the Detroit Red Wings, for those who don't know, uh, nine games played this season so far and one win to show for it. Uh, boy, it's, it's pretty bad. Worst team in the league right now. Um, they are worst in the league in terms of goals against. Um, let me pull up that number here. So through nine games, they are 1-6-2 and two with a pitiful 38 goals against through nine games. Now, for those who can't do the math, that is definitely more than four goals a game. Uh, we're looking at 4.22. That is... Uh, both the worst goals against and the worst goals against per game. Uh, the only team that is close to them in that regards would be the uh, Philadelphia Flyers through nine games. They also have a measly 37 goals against and a 4.11 goals against per game as well. But uh, difference here being the Philadelphia Flyers record of 4-5-0 and through nine games. They can score some goals. Um they have been putting up an average of 3.33 goals for per game, which is a little over one more goal a game than the Detroit Red Wings. And when you look at you know, a few of the games the Wings have played and come pretty close to, including those two overtime losses, um, you know, most recently against Carolina losing 3-1, to one, that, that one goal there makes a world of difference. And we're talking, you know, Detroit could have potentially taken Carolina to overtime, and then we're talking maybe another point, potentially a second wind here. So, you know, so far through these nine games, from what I've seen, Detroit just really looks out of sync. And I know a lot of that has to do with injuries on the back end. Uh, Jeff Blaschel's been shuffling these lines left and right. Uh, for those who haven't been following, most recently they moved Darren Helm, who has spent a majority of the season on the fourth line, moved him up on the right side of the top line with Larkin and Nyquist. And Mantha, who is supposed to be Detroit's big goal scorer, has been dropped all the way down to the fourth line, playing, you know, 9 to 11 minutes a game. Um, the only player on their team who does not have a minus in the statistical category when you look at plus minus is, um, oh, what's his face? He's the rookie. Um, shoot, it's going to gonna drive me nuts here. I'm going to pull it up. 
is uh, Christopher N. I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. E-H-N. He is a plus two through nine games. Only has one point. Um, Danny DeKaiser, he's a zero, an even zero through five games. Uh, Luke Wachowski, one game, zero, and same with Mark Furk, and I throw those out the window, to be quite honest, and, and I've never really been one for looking at plus-minus, but, um, you know, when you look at the team as a whole, and everybody on this team, basically, is in the minus category, that that's a red flag to me. You have to at least consider that stat a little valuable and a little telling as to how badly this team has played five-on-five. And yes, five-on-five is really where they've been struggling because when you look at their power play, they're sitting at 24%, penalty kill at 80%, and those two numbers are good for roughly around 12, 13 in the league. Um, Last time I looked up, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was right there in the top half of the league. So, you know, special teams aren't, aren't an issue for Detroit. And so when you look at a team with only one win and struggling to score goals, Clearly, it's an issue of five on five. You know, obviously, they're not going on the you know power play too many times, or else you know playing at twenty four percent, they probably would have one or two more wins here. Um, but five on five is the big issue, and I mean, you even look at like I said, Anthony Mantha, a guy who's supposed to be their leading goal scorer, he's only got one goal through nine games, and he's a minus twelve, a minus twelve through nine games so far. I'm not even sure. You know, I, I should probably look it up because. I think that might actually be worst in the league. Uh, let's pull this. Yeah, minus 12, yeah, worst in the league. And second worst, Thomas Vanek, minus 9. And he actually is playing on the fourth line as well uh, alongside Mantha and Luke Glendening. Um, Vanek, I believe, he's got three points so far, just like Mantha. But, you know, for you know two guys that are supposed to be, you know, our top offensive threats, they just... They're not getting it done. And when when you try to dissect it, why it's not working, why things aren't going well, um, you know, the first thing I look at is you look at the back end. This team has had a lot of injuries on the blue line. You know, Mike Green's been out for the entire season. They've had nothing but a bunch of rookie defensemen in there for the majority of the, the year. And I think even at one point they had five of their six defensemen were rookies playing back there for a couple games. Um, you know, I will say there are, there are a couple bright spots. A few of those players have looked pretty good, surprisingly. And, um, you know, it gives you a little bit of hope for the future, but to be quite honest, it's, it's difficult to, you know, to, to think that when you're losing this badly, playing a bunch of rookies, is this type of play constructive for their future? You know, is this the type of play you want to give them so that they can be, and grow into future, you know, blue liners that you're hoping they can be. Um, you know, one guy I, I've I've said time and time again, you know, uh, throughout the the season so far, you know, Dennis Chalowski, To me, seven games, five points so far. Um, he's been the one bright spot for this Detroit blue line that I can look at this guy and say, hey, he's he's going to be a top four guy for this team. Uh, you know, not only this year, but moving forward over the next conceivable decade, I think this guy has all the right pieces. He moves the puck well. He's got enough speed and size to compete. And I mean, look, he's already been playing through seven games. He's been playing 22 minutes a night, which the only defenseman really that has been potentially getting more, you know, minutes has been Danny DeKaiser, but he's been, you know, off and on injured. So, 
you know, again, that blue line, you're you're not healthy. You have a bunch of rookies who, you know, have little to no experience in the big leagues. Um, a, a couple of them have a, a couple games played, and that's that's pretty much about it now. Um, and and to be quite honest, even when I talk about the blue line getting healthy for the Red Wings, when you look at guys like Jonathan Erickson coming back, Trevor Daly, it's not much to get excited about. It's not to say, oh, the, the blue line's going to improve a whole lot, you know, because Trevor Daly, don't get me wrong, I still think he's he's a capable defenseman, but on any team with a halfway de- decent defense, he's probably your number five, number six guy. You know, playing 15, 16 minutes a night, and here in Detroit, he's going to be asked to probably play close to 20 minutes a night, uh, you know, given top-line minutes. And granted, he can still move the puck, but he's a little bit slower, not as fast as he was when he was in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, another guy, Jonathan Erickson, to me is just a waste of space. I am not a fan of his. I never really have been. I know a couple years ago he, uh, you know, kind of had a little bit of a decent season when you look at it from an analytics standpoint. But I would rather just start a guy like, you know, Dennis Cholowski in his place and just let him play. Um, so with all that said, you know, the defense isn't playing well. Jeff Blaschel is shuffling up every forward line every five minutes, it seems like. And this team has struggled mightily. So where do the Red Wings go from here? What's next for this team? And to be quite honest, I don't think there is anywhere to go um, outside of just embracing the rebuild. I know here in Detroit, they won't say rebuild. Um, You know, I know coming into the season and even last season, Kenny Holland said that we're not rebuilding, we're retooling. Whatever you want to call it, it's a joke. It is what it is. It's a rebuild. When you're at the bottom of the league like this, when you have nothing but rookies everywhere on the back end, you have to say it's a rebuild. There's no other no other name for it. Um, I think if Detroit is smart here, they will do their best to sell off pieces um, you know, before the deadline um, or maybe even close to the deadline. I know, for instance, like, like I said, Gustav Nyquist, he's been playing top-line minutes, and he's he's managed to put up some decent points. Um, granted, he is a minus seven, but seven points through nine games is still very promising, and especially for a team um, you know, who might want to say, let's go all in this season, let's make a run for it, like, for example, a, a San Jose, right? They went out, they got Eric Carlson. They brought in Evander Kane last year, signed him to a deal. Um, you know, they've they could use another winger. They could use a top nine guy to come in there and provide some offense on that second or third line for them. A guy like Nyquist would be a perfect fit for that team. You know, he's still got plenty of speed left in his game. He's his IQ is is very very good to where um, you know he can fit in with almost any one of those centers. So, you know, for the Red Wings, I think it would be smart to to maybe you know get some exposure on how good some of these rental guys could be and see if they can't get something back for for these guys you know I, I mean I know last year Thomas Tatar brought in a first second and third round pick from Vegas and granted I don't think anybody else on the team is going to bring that type of return but you know for a guy like Gustav Nyquist when you get closer to the deadline if he's still producing even at a 40-50 point season pace you could still potentially get a first round pick out of a guy like that you know not to mention uh, Thomas Vanek who granted three points through nine games has looked very poorly on defense. You know, you get a team that's desperate enough to fill a top nine role and need some offense, ship him out, bring in a second or third round pick back. Again, get assets. I think that's where this team needs to go. That's where their focus needs to be. 
Um, you know, we, we've got a lot of young pieces that we've been slowly integrating. And I think getting rid of veteran guys to bring in younger pieces is where the Red Wings need to focus now. Um, you know, one young guy that I, I haven't really mentioned much, um, you know, Michael Rusmussen, Rusmussen, uh, still not sure how you pronounce that name, but he's a guy who, through eight games, one point, hasn't looked very good. His minutes have gone down and down and down every single game now. He's, I think, averaging close to about 12 minutes a game. And for a guy who basically at this point Detroit has to decide, is he going back to juniors? Is he staying up here in the big leagues? Um, you know, let's be honest, he's he's mastered juniors. I think he's he's performed well enough to where you have to say, you know, he doesn't really need to go back down. But at the same time, you have to look at a, a young guy like that and decide, do we want to keep him up here, have him struggle, his minutes diminish, or do we want to send him back somewhere where he's going to, you know, thrive where he's going to produce. And I think for a confidence standpoint, I think this is a situation where you have to send a young kid like that back down to juniors and just let him thrive, let him succeed to where he can get his confidence back. And maybe that translates into, you know, better production next year. At least that's what I would hope for anyways. And, you know, I know Detroit is a long way off from being a contending team, but, um, you know, having guys come in confident again, ready to to go, I think would would go a long way, and I think we, you know, we've seen that time before with some of the other younger Red Wings who are now making an impact. Um, you know, I think that would probably be the best solution for a young guy like that. So, um, outside of him, uh, again, I think the assets need to, you know, be flipped. We need to get back what we can from guys like Vanek, Nyquist. You know, maybe even try to. I mean, I. I doubt it would happen, but maybe find a team willing to take on a Mike Green or, um, you know, maybe even, you know, one of our younger defensemen like Nick Jensen, somebody who maybe, you know, can give some, you know, some good minutes to a team, you know, in the fifth or sixth spot. But, you know, maybe just long term isn't really in Detroit's future um, or in their plan anyways. So uh, as far as that goes to, you know, next, you got to look at coaching, I think. Um, you know, I've, I mentioned it a little earlier where Detroit has been shuffling the lines every five minutes, and that boils down to Jeff Blaschel. Um, you know, for those who don't know, uh, one of his assistant coaches is Dan Bilesma, a uh, former head coach here in the NHL for the Buffalo Savers, Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, it's been long thought that he is going to succeed um, Jeff Blaschel and take over as the next head coach of the Red Wings. So, you know, is the time now to let Blashill go, bring in Bilesma, and see what he can do? To be quite honest, no. I honestly think that Detroit just needs to let Blashill ride out the season. Whether that means we falter or we succeed, just let it ride. Um, you know, it's been long thought that Steve Eiserman is going to be taking over after his advisory role is done after the season with Tampa Bay, that he will step in and be the next general manager for the Detroit Red Wings. I firmly believe that he will end up taking over that position and Kenny Holland will either take a senior advisory role upstairs or he'll move on to Seattle. So so when Eiserman steps in, obviously I think there will be a time where he will probably want to put his own stamp on this team. Um, I think Blashill will be done after this season. I think that you know Dan Bilesma will probably be given the head coaching role. Um, not to say that he will succeed, but I think that, um, you know, while Detroit rebuilds over the next couple of years, I think he'll be given the head coaching position to just say, Hey, 
keep it warm, see what you can do. And who knows, maybe he does some great things. Maybe he, you know, gets some of these younger guys to really take the next step, or maybe he, you know, continue, continues with the mediocrity. I'm not really sure. Uh, but again, I, I, I think long-term, the best thing for Detroit right now is they need to continue to sink. They have tried to keep their head above water for too long. A lot of first-round exits, missing the playoffs the last couple years, being a bubble team. And I think it's really hurt their long-term growth where Kenny Holland thought we could be competitive, where in all reality, we were really far off. And I know as a fan, I'd always hoped that we could be a little competitive. But in reality, it's just the way the salary cap is set up these days, you have to you have to falter at some point in order to regain assets to compete in this league. Uh, you look at teams like Pittsburgh, Chicago, L.A., they all did it for a while. So they had high draft picks. They brought in great talent, and they ended up winning Stanley Cups because of it. I think, you know, eventually, you know, the Red Wings have to be that type of team. Um, now, you know, Jack Hughes is obviously the big free, you know, next number one overall pick that everybody's talking about. You know, will the Red Wings get the number one pick to take him and come to Detroit and have our superstar, you know, forward? Um, I hope so. Will it happen? I guess we'll see. Um, so, again, in the long run, I think Detroit is better suited to falter right now, to fail. Um, hopefully, again, just so we can snag that, that Jack Hughes because – one thing that all of these Stanley Cup winning teams have in common, you know, is they have a superstar talent up front to lead them. Um, you know, Pittsburgh, you have Crosby and Malkin. Uh, you know, Chicago has had Taves and Kane. You look at, you know, Detroit, what they could have. If you have a, a Jack Hughes, Dylan Larkin combo, I think that would be great for this team. You know, hopefully we can get some scoring in terms of Manta getting his game back. Um you know, Rusmussen, maybe he takes that next step forward. And, and you know, some of the other, you know, picks like uh, Philip Sedina, you know, you hope that those guys can take the next step and become the goal scorers we think they can. And so, you know, Detroit now has a great set of young forwards up front to lead us, you know, into glory, hopefully. I know that that, that is a little cheesy to say, but, um, yeah. So we'll see what happens with Detroit. Uh, I'm optimistic that they will fail here. Um, I know in our season previews, you know, Mark and I consistently had Detroit at the bottom here. So we'll see if that holds true, if they continue to play so poorly. Um, but in all honesty, things are not looking good for the Wings. All right, and one last thing before before I sign off from my second ever solo episode. Uh, just wanted to touch real quick on a couple little little fantasy tips. Uh, a couple guys that I, I would love to see, you know, people pick up that maybe, you know, aren't so high on everybody's list in terms of forwards, uh, goaltenders, that sort of stuff. So looking at it, I, I, I always love uh, NHL.com's. They have this trending page here where you can look at like the last 10 days and you can see where players are, um, you know, what kind of production they've had. And I, th I think it's a great tool that a lot of people don't often use because, um, you know, a lot of leagues, they, you know, allow you to, you know, do four, six, even eight, um, you know, or even more, um, you know, player additions a week. And I think a lot of times people, you know, when they have a good roster, they tend to just stick with it and they hope that, you know, over the course of the whole season, things will work out quite well, which, I mean, when you have a lot of superstars like your, your Ovechkins, your McDavid's, your Nathan McKinnon's, 
you know, you're going to have stretches where these guys maybe go three, four games without a lot of production, but over the course of a season, it works out pretty well. However, there are times where you have guys like, um, you know, Steven Stamkos or, you know, um, Tyler Sagan, where they're going to go maybe even longer stretches, you know, where you don't get that type of production, um, you know, or even maybe your your second tier guys, you know, your, excuse me, your Phil Kessels, um, not to say that he's a second tier player because 90 points last year is nothing to bark at, but, um, you know, when I, what I mean by that is guys on, you know, your second and third lines, your guys who don't always see the big minutes, um, you know, you could even throw, you know, a guy like Nazem Kadri in there, um, <clears throat> you know, your, your Dylan Larkins, your, uh, Timo Teravainen's guys like that. So, um, you know, they're going to go through more periods where maybe they don't all always have the production, you know, but in, at the end of the season, you know, they're still going to give you 60 points, which is great, but you still need, you know, there'll still be weeks where they're going to go pretty dry for a while and you need, you know, fantasy guys to, to fill the void. So, um, again, for, you know, those who maybe want to look at it, go on NHL.com, check out their trending uh, section in the stats. It's a great little section to look at. If you're interested in maybe adding one guy, you've had, you know, one guy that's been, you know, hasn't been doing so hot for a while and you're thinking about making a change. So um, a couple guys I just want to throw out there that really aren't, um, you know, in a lot of people's, you know, um, pools or they're not really in a lot of, if you're in a typical like eight or 10 team league, you might not have these guys on there. So adding them right now, you could probably find them in the waiver wire. You could find them, uh, you know, just sitting out there and you can go ahead and scoop them up because they've been playing pretty well lately. So, um, you know, first guy to point out to me is a Thomas Tatar, uh, you know, last four games for him, he's put up seven points, three goals, four assists. He's been playing great. Um, he's got a total of, Oh, what is it? Two power play points, which isn't great, but, um, still, I mean, for that type of production for a guy who typically, you know, was probably thought of as an afterthought. He was, you know, not going to give you the type of production you, you maybe thought he's used to giving. Uh, right now, he's on a on a nice little tear. We'll see if he can keep that up on that uh, that top line in Montreal. And uh, another guy to look at that maybe you know isn't owned in a lot of leagues, and I can tell you he's probably not owned in in many leagues at all. Uh, Andre Athanasiu from my Detroit Red Wings. I know if you're in a league that you know counts plus minus a lot. Maybe this is a guy you want to stay away from just because the Red Wings as a whole aren't going to give you great plus-minus numbers. But uh, four points through the last five games, three goals, uh, one power play point. So I think for a guy who probably is owned, in, if I had to guess, less than 10% of the leagues here, um, you're going to get great return on a guy who's probably just sitting out there waiting to be to be snatched up and to be taken. Um, you know, Another guy to look at, too, um, who probably isn't added in many leagues at all and and had a terrible season last year, so I can probably guess he didn't get drafted at the beginning of the season, was an Andrew Ladd playing for the Islanders. I know he's got four points through his last four games. Uh, nothing on the power play but one shorthanded point. Nothing to shake your head at. I think for a guy who you know many have thought would be lucky to get 30, 40 points a season, I think right now, uh, get the production you can out of him while, while it's there. And uh, hopefully it continues for him because I know this is a guy who is a, a real big leader for that Islanders team and uh, hopefully can bring them back into respectability because this is a team that, uh, well, 
I predicted would be at the bottom of the league. So we'll see what happens there. And then last but not least, another guy um, from the San Jose Sharks, uh, Jonas Donskoy. Three points in his last three games, two at even strength, one on the power play, I think. He has the opportunity with, you know, uh, with San Jose to really be a big producer for them. So keep an eye on him. I'm sure he's not owned in many leagues around around in Yahoo. I don't have those numbers in front of me, but take a peek, see if they're there. Any one of these guys, they can definitely help add some production to your fantasy team. I know, um, you know, most of the time guys are looking at the superstars or Steven Stamkos's. Um, you know, your TJ Oshies, guys like that. But, uh, you know, some of these guys are names that, while recognizable, they're probably not owned in many of the leagues. So take a look. Uh, never hurts to, to constantly constantly take a peek. And like I said, NHL.com on their trending page under stats is a great little tool for something like this. So uh, with that said, that's the end of the solo episode for me. I know Mark is going to be uh, back in the studio this week, back from Iceland. We're going to be hopefully putting together a joint podcast for you, get back to normal the way things used to be a couple weeks ago here, um, hopefully end of the week for you. I know he probably is a little antsy, a little itching to get back behind the mic, talk about hockey. Uh, I'm not really sure how much he got to see or watch or, um, you know, listen to why he was over there. So, uh, you know, you might you might hear from him a little bit. He might want to do a solo cast uh, this week too because I know he uh, he's probably jealous Jealous that I'm here, going solo right now. So, uh, Mark, if you're listening, throw one out there, man. We're uh, I'd love to hear a little bit about William Nylander. I know for those who don't know, uh, Kyle Dubas did meet with his agent today, so maybe something's on the horizon. We'll see. Um, but you know what? If you're curious, kind of, you know, you want to know what's going on with that, um, or maybe you have questions about something else around the league, you know, hit us up. Uh, we're on Twitter, Instagram, not yet, but. Uh, we're working on that one, so hit us up on Twitter, uh, OT Hockey Talk. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you want to hear in the next episode. And so, yeah, this has been OT Hockey Talk. We'll talk to you later.